What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Good morning, crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got Mario, also known as the Node Defender, joining us on this Thursday, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut, and the second-tier Italian stallion, NFT Tones, is in the building. And that's no shade, my friend. I'm very excited for this episode. Today in Good Morning Crypto, we'll be discussing how the FTX collapse costs retail investors billions this week. As BitBoy Crypto warns, this is only the beginning of the impending devastation for Sam Bankman-Fried. He took the time to apologize to the world, saying, I effed up. Twitter fires to become a payments company, potentially adding blockchain payments to the social media platform. As the founder of HBAR states, crypto implosion is necessary in order for real projects to thrive. MasterCard CEO says he's bullish on global adoption despite the bear market. While the case is only getting stronger for Ripple against the SEC, as a 14th business entity has filed in support of XRP being a non-security. JP Morgan is calling for a $13,000 Bitcoin. And as the world is turning on false players in this market, we dive into the details of this Blood Moon event, reminding our listeners that when there's blood in the streets, the elites are buying. Our show was available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So Mario, we are already being targeted by the elites because they kicked Jackie off the stream. Hopefully she's joining us later in the episode, but we've got some great news lined up. We're going to dive into FTX and a bunch of litigation behind the scenes. Before we get into that, how are you feeling and what's on your mind, Mario? Feeling great. Good morning, first of all, and uh, happy to be here. Yeah, it looks like Jackie has been kicked out by the elites. Uh, nonetheless, here we are. We made it. We made it after yesterday's uh, chaos. Let's see what happens. Is there going to be some aftermath? We'll see. But uh, it's another day in the Matrix, like you always say, Evs. Another day, beautiful day in the Matrix, my friends. We got NFT tones in the building. Why don't you give a shout out to all the Warrior Maniacs? Thank you for being here. Thank you for spending your morning with us. Shout out to Johnny Crypto. But NFT tones, how you feeling this morning? And thank you for being here. I'm fantastic. Ah, I'm fantastic this morning and good morning, Warriors. It's been an exciting day. We've got NFTs for RZR, the first release for uh, Gala Films. Then we also got huge news from Square Enix, which uh, announces their first game, Symbiogenesis. So I'm excited to see that major, major companies, AAA game companies are coming to blockchain space and creating games. I'm really excited. I can't wait for this. We knew it was coming and now here it is. So I'm excited to see what they have coming. Thank you, NFT Tones. And MasterCard CEO agrees with you exactly as he talked about how he's bullish around NFTs in this space, specifically on Ethereum and Polygon. But we're going to start this show off the same way we always do by showing you our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That's at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to every single member of our team. Go smash that follow button. We love talking to you. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is down dramatically this morning, down seven points from yesterday, sitting in extreme fear again for the first time in several months, but for good reason, as this week has been devastating across the board for crypto. Matic is the only project up on the seven-day, up 21% across the board we are seeing red. 
So let's dive into the total coin market cap because we took a severe hit yesterday back below a trillion, sitting at $885 billion this morning. Bitcoin is 38% dominance. Ethereum is about 18%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 17,600. Ethereum is 1,300. XRP is 38 cents. Cardano is 37 cents. Chainlink is having a little rebound this morning, sitting at $7, Algorand 31, and Quant Network taking a serious hit down 20% on the seven days, sitting at $125. Mario, the market has been dramatic, and people were complaining about how it was boring over these past couple months. They can't say that anymore. So how are you operating during this time, and what do you think about all this bearish price action? This is something we've been anticipating for quite a while. Yeah, definitely. Um, I actually didn't do much buying. Uh, I wasn't expecting this this crash this dramatic to happen i mean i know that we've been talking about this this moon for a while this lunar eclipse and something was going to happen i just didn't expect this to happen this dramatically so um i didn't do much buying i'm i'm kind of just keeping an eye on the market i'm trying to see where it goes for the next few days you know uh long long story taking a long-term perspective you know whether you buy it 15 16 17 it's all a range and it's all going to pay out. It's all going to give you profit. So I would rather just see where the market's going to go over the next few days, seeing if, uh, you know, when when the whole Luna crash happened and we started seeing all the other capitulations, we saw that a, a lot of companies started coming out and and uh, they were in bad shape. So I'm trying to see if this FDX thing leads to to more chaos in the market, maybe some some players that are also hurting and, and this could also drive the price down. Uh, so I'm just keeping an eye on it for the time being. Thank you, Mario. And I wish we had Johnny Crypto in the building this morning because we got the official Rat Snake Weasel Index from one of our listeners yesterday. And we got 201 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're about to break down the details of everything that happened that led to the market collapse yesterday. And we're going to start off with this important video from our friend BitBoy Crypto, breaking down how this could only be the beginning for Sam Bankman-Fried. And the jig is up and it's going to continue to be up. And when I say major crimes... Sam Bankman Fried's probably going to be arrested in the next two or three weeks. Just so you know, most likely going to be arrested very soon. Um, it, who knows? Maybe tomorrow. And that video is actually from earlier this week. NFT Tones, we're going to break down the details of the apology Twitter thread that Sam Bankman Fried put out yesterday after literally stealing $4 billion. And we're going to show definitive proof later in the show. Sam Beckman fried apologized for that and told investors he's sorry. So I'd love to go to you, NFT Tones. What do you think about the market collapse that Sam Beckman fried collapsed and the fact that BitBoy, he was calling for this weeks ago? Yeah, I mean, it shows that you kind of have to pay more attention to BitBoy because he's kind of, he was kind of right. So if you kind of look deep in the cracks and kind of understand his meanings, you know to pay attention because there's a lot of RSWs out there and you kind of have to be careful because, I mean, look what, he did. I mean, he, he, Sam Bankman Fried, he doesn't care. I mean, he apologizes, but you, is he going to give these people his, their money back? No. So, I mean, rat snake weasel. That's all there is. 100%. Mario, I'm kicking it to you, my friend. I'm trying to pull up an interesting tweet in the background showing the list of donators for FTX as well as Sam Bankman Fried's apology. But with that being said, floor is yours. Yeah. Tone's pretty much nailed it. He's, he's definitely a rat snake weasel, but, uh, it's crazy how, uh, you know, BitBoy definitely knew something. He, he just, uh, he wasn't, he probably couldn't share the details, but he was onto something for sure. And I hope that uh, some of the people actually listened to him this time and, and took action, took their stuff out of, out of exchanges. Guys, at this point, like, I mean, we've been saying this for, for the last six months. Buy it in the exchange, take it out of the exchange, keep it on your wallet, whether it's a ledger, it doesn't have to be a ledger. It could just be, you know, your trust wallet, Atomic, which whichever you use, but Right now, just exchanges just aren't safe. Uh, we just don't know what kind of practices they're doing. Um, you know, FTX, nobody expected FTX to be the one to fall. 
I don't think anybody expected a bit boy knew something obviously, but you know, many people didn't expect they were all over the place, uh, advertising, they were sponsoring like, uh, you know, big sports teams and, and, and even a stadium, you know, nobody expected this. So at this point, anything is possible. So make sure you get your coins off of the exchange. And we got another great tweet yesterday from Ben talking about how this could only be the beginning of the devastation for FTX. He said, I'm really sorry to all the FTX users. I cannot sugarcoat the situation. Your money is stuck and you won't be getting it back anytime soon. Nobody's going to acquire FTX. There are too many lawsuits and too many crimes performed on their books. Acquiring that liability, it's not going to happen anytime soon, NFT Tones. I'm kicking it to you. What do you think is going to happen here? We've talked about the impending market collapse in a black swan event. Now we have the circumstances leading into that. People are talking about purchasing the dip. What are you anticipating, my friend? Is this the market bottom, according to NFT Tones? Oof, I don't know. It's hard to say when the market bottom is going to be in. I, I, the best thing I can say, and it's not financial advice, is to constantly just dollar cost average because the lower you go and the better prices you get, the more the better it is for yourself. But I mean, it's scary to think about and see that this is happening and that no one could potentially pick them up because of all the crap that they've done. I mean, it, it really kind of opens our eyes to really, hopefully we can see what these exchanges are doing on the books now after this, because this is really kind of scary, especially if FTX doesn't get picked up, because that means everybody who has money there, it's, it's just going to be stuck there. And we've talked about, we showed a video yesterday how Kevin O'Leary said a market collapse like this is going to lead to better regulation for the market. And you just brought up something really important. Binance actually revealed their reserves yesterday because of the FTX situation. And they showed $69 billion worth of crypto Binance has control over. But I want to show our listeners this before we kick it to Mario. We're showing you a list of FTX investors, and they are some of the largest names on the planet. We've got BlackRock. We've got Ontario, we've got SoftBank, Circle, many of the largest players, not only in the cryptocurrency space, but in the financial markets were inadvertently invested in FTX, Mario. And I'm going to break down the details of how some of these investors put in over a quarter of a billion dollars, and now it's sitting at zero. So I'd like to get some of your thoughts. What do you think about BlackRock and some of these large financial institutions backing FTX before the collapse? Yeah, it's it's crazy. And I, I, think, I think most people don't really uh, see the how big this actually is, like how, how, how big of a chaos this, this can actually cause the whole crypto space. You know, everybody's been talking that it could have been Tether. Uh, well, we saw something <laughs> pretty big also happen. It's not Tether, but it is massive. And as that list shows, you know, a bunch of companies are invested. A bunch of players are in this. There's got to be collateral damage. And, and that collateral damage is going to take a little bit, a little bit of time to come out. It's going to make public eye over Twitter. And all this FUD in my opinion, is just going to continue to keep the market on this downtrend. That's why I'm trying to keep my eye. I, I I hope it doesn't happen, but we may we may revisit these lows again at some point as as the as the news comes out. And Mario, this is just reaffirming what you stated there. Is Sakota Capital put down 213 million dollar investment into FTX? Now that investment is sitting at zero dollars, and it seems like that's a narrative that's only going to continue going forward because this could just be the beginning for some of the largest crypto exchanges on the planet collapsing right in front of our eyes and we got 252 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button sending love to our friend johnny k he will be back in the building tomorrow but nft tones i want to pull up a video from kevin o'leary to show our listeners exactly how this could be the time that we've been waiting for an impending market collapse that takes us down to that strong level of support and then we go into a long extended bull market for the next three years that would be pretty exciting but I'd love to get your comments here. Sam Bankman-Fried lost $13 billion in the past 24 hours. What are you thinking, my friend? 
Uh, and Epic Jones. I, I feel like that's not much, to be honest, for him. I feel like he could keep losing more, and I still wouldn't feel bad for him. But, I mean, like I said before, he's a rat snake weasel, and I, I if he lost all his money, I still wouldn't feel bad. You know what I mean? I mean, after what he's done and after everything he's done, I, I just feel there is no need for I, – I mean, I've said enough. Thank you, NFT Tones. And we're going to show you a video right now from the founder of HBAR talking about how there was only going to be half a dozen projects that survived this bear market. Let's let this short clip play, and then we'll go to the Node Defender. Here we go. Typically, the history of any kind of market is that you have this enormous springing up of thousands and thousands of companies, and then you have a crash, and then you get down to three or four whatever big companies that continue on. And that's the way every revolution tends to happen. I'm sure we'll see the same pattern here. Mario, and that clip pretty much speaks for itself. My apologies there. That clip pretty much speaks for itself. He said every single time there's a new market, we get thousands of new players who rush into the space to capitalize on the new opportunities. And then eventually there's a market collapse. There's new regulation. And there's about a dozen projects that lead the world when it comes to innovation. We talk about some of our favorites on this channel every day. But what are you thinking when you watch a clip like this? Yeah, you nailed it, man. The, the, what, what I had, what I was thinking about right now is that what are the positives, right? And I think the positives is um, as we watch the dominoes fall, like it says there on the clip, what are the companies that or what are the projects that are going to that are, that are going to be standing standing after all of this is done, right? And those are the and the fact that we're here and we're going to be able to see that those are the companies or those are the projects or cryptos, however you want to phrase it. Those are the, the, the ones that you want to put your investment towards. So I think that's a positive to come out of this. We're going to see all the bad crap in crypto just finally leave because it's not sustainable anymore. The other thing as well is, did we just witness the crypt, the, the dot-com bubble of the crypto market? Right? Yes. Because yes. a couple of years from now, we're going to look back and we're going to say, holy crap, I was there when this happened. And we're going to be able to analyze and, and potentially say, that was the dot-com dot equivalent of the crypto market. Again, I'm not saying it is, but potentially, right? I mean, it's massive. This FDX, FDX thing is massive. And uh, um, yeah, it, it, I'm hoping regulation is another thing that comes out of this uh, in a positive way. And I love this comment here from Mr. Wright. He said, 13 billion lost in a day. Is that a record? No. The most money ever lost in a day is $71 billion by a Chinese investor. So little fun fact there. NFT Tons, we're coming to you first after we play this short clip again. I want to remind our listeners of some of the most strong indicators you can look for when you're looking for the bottom of the market. And Kevin O'Leary shows us a couple right here. So we're going to let this short clip play and go back to the group. Here we go. Bottoms are made in any market. I don't care if you're in equities or in debt or in crypto, or in real estate, you always need a big player to go to zero. That always helps, whether it's long-term capital or whether it's one of these crypto infrastructure companies. I would like to see, and I don't, I don't want this to happen, but it always gives you a good bottom when you get a large player over lever that goes to zero. And that always tends to be the beginning of the rebuilding process. So if you have to sack... And that's a perfect place to get some comments here. Mario, I want to kick it back to you before we go to Tones. He talked about how this could be the beginning of a rebuilding process for the market. And specifically, I think he's addressing regulation there. We had an SEC attorney on the show yesterday who talked about how he was very bullish on regulation, stating that when a, when a market collapse comes in like this, they never let this... Sorry, they never let a good collapse go to waste because they're able to gain greater control of the market. And that's what we're witnessing here. What do you think about Kevin O'Leary's comments and the fact that he said when we get a market collapse like this, that is the bottom of the market? Yep. And I remember when we first played this live on air, uh, 
I remember for me personally, I was, I, I was anticipating something to happen within, you know, within weeks or maybe a month of, uh, of the whole thing that happened with Terra Luna. And it took this long for, for it to play out. So, you know, he, he called that one. It just so happens that he happened to have lost a whole bunch of money in the process because he was invested in FTX. But um, again, Hopefully the, there's good that comes out of this. Uh, again, I feel sympathy for the people that were uh, that had money in, in FTX. It sucks that FTX had these practices and they were doing such shady stuff in the background. Uh, hopefully this is a lesson for any other exchange, um, any, you know, any company in crypto that's planning on coming out. Hopefully this is a big lesson and sets a, a precedent for for a for a better. Uh, I think we, we need a better market. You know, crypto in general needs a better market. And Crypto just continues to be this uh, space where so many people lose money. And unfortunately, that's the kind of the message that gets spread across. And we get a little bit of uh, we get a little bit of pushback from people when we say we're in crypto because they're like, oh, that, you know, it's a scam and it's uh, all the bad stuff happens there. So hopefully, hopefully that starts to change. Let's see what happens. Yes, NFT Tones, I'd love to get your comments on this article here because we had Sam Bankman-Fried actually warning crypto investors that there's multiple exchanges that are secretly insolvent. And this article is actually from June 29th, 2022. I want to remind our listeners, we got 301 warrior maniacs out there. Show us some love. Smash that like button. The Rat Snake Weasel Index will be back on the show tomorrow with Johnny K. But right now we're going to NFT Tones. NFT Tones, two big questions for you. What do you think about Sam Bankman-Fried telling investors, literally telling investors that crypto exchanges were secretly insolvent when FTX was one of those exchanges? And also, what do you think about his haircut? <laughs> well, first of all, the haircut, eh, it looks fine, but mine's better always. But secondly, I, I, just, I find it extremely, extremely screwed up that he did this. He went on to say that, other exchanges are insolvent. And then his, in meanwhile, was, and he didn't say anything. He was doing a bunch of shit behind the books. I find this really, really screwed up. Definitely a rat snake weasel. It, I feel like you just can't go any lower than this. Like for people to be saying that there's many, to create FUD like this and then have their own exchange go out, and suffer i feel like it's just morally wrong like what are you doing like you're doing a bunch of shit in the background that caused other people now not to be able to pick up the books of your exchange because if they do they have penalties to pay and a bunch of lawsuits possibly so nobody's going to pick up the this exchange and now it screws all the investors that put in money and now all those investors could potentially be scared to actually invest in other exchanges or other cryptocurrencies i mean while we know there's safer options out there such as cold wallets and ledgers and the uh, atomic wallet but there's a bunch of things that you still need to be careful of and it's really really scary so i feel like people doing this kind of shit out there is it sucks for the whole crypto community and this is a great comment. It builds on what you were just saying, NFT Tones, from one of our listeners, Ryan. And Jackie is repping the Rat Snake Weasel Index. If only we had Johnny K to show his dial. But one of our comments said, why is everyone begging for regulation? It's a clear problem, reaction, solution. 
all plan to gain control. We talk about this every single day. It's not that we are pro-regulation. It's that we understand regulation is coming. And when regulation is outlined for the institutions, that's when we're going to see the largest players in the world move into crypto, pushing this market cap well above 10 trillion. Jackie, I just saw you join the live chat. I'd love for you to comment on what we're talking about now. Sam Bankman-Fried secretly warned investors that there were many exchanges insolvent behind the scenes earlier this summer. Obviously, we're watching this play out now. What does it mean to you that he was warning investors three, four, five months ago, this could be the case. Oh my gosh, this was such huge news. I'm I'm kind of sad that I missed the last couple of days when you guys were talking about this in the midst of everything. I mean, it's still big news, but yeah, he was doing exactly what he was warning um, other investors against from other exchanges. He was doing the exact same thing. Um, yeah, well, I mean, the same thing that ha- happened with Celsius using their own uh, token. It was pretty much, pretty much exactly what FTX did with FTT. Um, it's wild. It's wild. Uh, that's, you can't trust very, very many people in the space. Uh, there are very few now that are, you know, big, big head honchos that were long in this space that I definitely, you know, that I can look up to, but even then it makes you question who's the next one that's going to turn their back. So you got to be careful. Mario, and we are going to show our listeners a, a video of Raul Paul criticizing Gary Gensler with what's taking place in Ripple against the SEC. But I wanted to show people this. Sam Bankman-Fried previously transferred at least $4 billion in FTX funds to support his independent firm, Almeida. This included user deposits, says Router Reports. This is very, very interesting because that means he was taking money that wasn't his and using that to back his individual profits. This is really interesting, Mario. What's it mean to you? Yeah, look, that as, as uh, Tones was making some comments, I had a couple of things that came up to mind. Like, uh, it's very hypocritical, like the way that he handled the situation over the last few months, you know, pointing the finger, saying that other exchanges are going to go down while his project, his exchange was actually suffering. And, and, and he didn't have the courage to, to bring it forth and, and even do something about it. Right. But the other thing, too, is, um, you know, I I just with with FTX and, and everything that's that's happening I can't help I can't help but think that he he doesn't really care. And there's got to be a bigger reason that we're just not seeing it yet. Uh, I really feel like I I saw something on Twitter this morning about somebody that follows his gaming account and this man was literally playing games his last couple of days. It's like he has been playing with his gaming account his last couple of days. So somebody that's got the weight of 20 whatever billion dollars um, whatever amount of billion dollars is and all the people that he's screwed over and he's like chilling, playing games. I don't think he really cares. It just makes me wonder that there's a bigger plan. This was probably part of that plan. And uh, just like uh, just like the Luna stuff that happened, nothing's going to happen to this guy. Mario, I feel like it was a classic 3D chess situation where we had the Binance CEO who was critical of FTX. FTX and Binance did not get along publicly for quite a while. Then they reached out to purchase their assets. They revealed their balance sheets and backed out of the deal. So it seems like what Binance was actually trying to do was just expose FTX for everything that was going on behind the scenes. Jackie, I'd love to get some more details from you before we dive into his apology. Yeah, I think this was a huge centralization play, and and he was definitely a pawn um, in it. I mean, I, I don't think he's sorry at all. Like Mario was mentioning at the beginning, I mean, all of these other exchanges, he was he was the one wiping them out. You know, he had he had full awareness of. I mean, when they they acquired BlockFi, they acquired Voyager. You know, all of these things were wiped out because of what they were doing behind the scenes with with FTX with Alameda Research. So, I mean, there's a lot from what I've been researching and from what I was researching last night, there's a ton of people that, you know, they 
investing in the venture capital um, were, you know, putting their trust in him. And then, you know, slowly they were getting the rug whipped from under them until over, over the past week, then they really knew what was going on. But yeah, that's, it's sickening. Definitely. Thank you. Jackie, you're spot on. And it's interesting because I feel like people are trying to figure out what exchanges can they trust during this time? Because right now there's rumors about Kraken and Coinbase.com having the exact same problem. And we've covered this, sorry, crypto.com, not Coinbase. We've covered how Coinbase reputation has only diminished during this bear market. And now it's turning out that they actually may be one of the safer exchanges after the debacle that happened this week. So Sam Bankman-Fried is apologizing for the collapse of his multi-billion dollar exchange, FTX. He took to Twitter to write a Twitter thread talking about how he is sorry and he effed up. He said, I should have been communicating more recently during the collapse of FTX. So here's an update for our listeners. FTX International is a totally separate business entity from FTX US, meaning that FTX US is totally separate from what's going on today. It's totally fine, the exchange. FTX International currently has a total market cap and value of assets slash collateral higher than that of client deposits. So this is supposedly good news. But that's a difference from the liquidity they're able to deliver. As you can see from the state of withdrawals, liquidity varies widely and from very, very little. I'm still flushing out every detail, but as a very high level, he likes to say, I effed up twice. Mario, this is a public apology here. How long until this man ends up behind bars or actually has some serious implications for taking all this money that wasn't even his? Yeah, I mean, time will tell. <laughs> he's definitely going to be under a lot of fire, that's for sure. And I just don't think the way he's uh, he's addressing the situation is even coming from a place of like humility. You know what I mean? The way he positions him, his words, I effed up. You know, it just some something sounds really weird. And yeah, the blood moon. It's something had to happen around that time, <laughs> and it was it was certainly a big one that happened. Thank you, Mario. I'd love to kick it to NFT Tones there. Sorry, guys. The mute button does happen to get me a couple times an episode. But I thought it was funny that he took the time to apologize while at the same time not giving much detail, NFT Tones. He just came out. He said he effed up twice. He said he's supposedly sorry, but he's operating totally normal, and he's not giving people any details about when they're going to recover their funds. What does this mean to you, my friend? And how do you feel about Sam Bankman-Fried's apology? BitBoy said he's only a few weeks away from being in prison. I mean, I and to be honest, I'm not surprised if he is a few weeks away from being in prison. I mean, what he did was completely fucked up, and he said he he even fucked up twice. But I mean, it just goes to show you, you can't trust a lot. It goes to show you that you can't trust these rat snake weasels, and that you. It's really interesting because FTX International is screwed up, but FTX US is up. So I find that interesting, but. I mean, it's because they're two separate business entities, but still, I, I do find that interesting. And so it it really brings me to the point, like, what was, like, his end goal, really? Like, what was he really trying to do from this? What was he trying to get? Was he just a pawn to make everything centralized? Is he somebody who was just after money, who was targeting innocent people, innocent investors? Is he somebody who really just doesn't care about crypto? So I, I don't know. There's a lot of thoughts going through my head, but I you mean, know what, Tones? You know what I believe? If anybody looks into who his parents are, he has some really, really deep connections to the previous banking system. And I believe that his role, and this is total conspiracy here, was to facilitate a move into more centralized environment. That's why many of the Democratic politicians were willing to work with Sam Bankman-Fried on litigation because they know that his objective is to move us towards centralized institutions like J.P. Morgan, Citibank, and so on. Do you have any additional comments, Tones? No, but thank you. That that actually is really interesting because I 
that's kind of where I was heading with that. And I, I definitely think that the, it's interesting to know that knowing who his parents are, because like that, it, it clicks now. That is really interesting. And we got 348 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We would break the fear index if we had it with us this morning. We're about to show you a tweet from Ripple CTO David Schwartz criticizing Sam Bankman-Fried. Here's the video of Sam Bankman-Fried explicitly saying what FTS, FTX does not to do precisely the thing that it now sees FTX did. So we're going to let this short video play. It pretty much explains itself. Then we'll get some comments. Last thing that I'll say is if you look at what precipitated some of the 2008 financial crisis, you saw a number of bilateral bespoke non-reported uh, transactions happening between financial counterparties, which then got repackaged and re-leveraged again and again and again, such that no one knew how much risk was in that system until it all fell apart. If you compare that to what happens on FTX or other major cryptocurrency venues today, there's complete transparency about the full open interest. There's is there complete transparency about the positions that are held. There is a robust, robust, consistent risk framework applied. And we're excited to work with the CFTC on our uh, U.S. licensed and regulated venue um, to bring a lot of this uh so that pretty, that clip pretty much speaks for itself. All crooks is what Bob Franklin said in the live chat. Couldn't agree with you more. Mario, we're going to you for some comments. The Ripple CTO is criticizing Sam Bankman-Fried publicly. And I'm going to pull up some more powerful statements he said. But what do you think about this clip here of Sam saying he wasn't doing the exact thing that his exchange was doing? Yeah, exactly. It's very hypocritical and uh, misleading. And I don't know how anybody could even trust FTX going forward for as long as this guy is there. You know, I, I don't... I mean, it doesn't look like FTX is going to be staying around. That's number one. But I know that Jackie just posted in the in the in our private chat, and I just confirmed on Twitter. Apparently, FTX has reopened withdrawals. So we'll see how that happens, man. If this whole thing turns out to be a no burger, I'm going to tell you the biggest ritual you could ever see in a blood moon, and just driving the price down to then be nothing. But I think there is definitely something. The fact that Binance. Try to jump in, and they decided to. Hey, look, I'm, I don't. We don't want to get. A, we don't want to get our hands on this. So uh, there's definitely something. So I don't think we've seen the last of it. Jackie, I'd love to kick it to, to you for some additional comments, and then I'll read this tweet from David Schwartz criticizing Sam Bankman-Fried. Yeah, I, I find it hilarious. I mean, exactly. He pinpoints exactly what they did with Alameda Research. I mean, that that was the whole shebang. Was that they had done the? Um, I mean, the report came out that. Alameda Research owned was it 100? It was like 190 percent of the total FTT market cap. That's that's how they figured this whole thing out. So all of it was made up of unlocked FTT, and then they were borrowing against that collateral. And you know when you when you show up in in your uh, crypto trading firm that. I mean, your sister company that you're holding 193% of the market cap of your own coin. That's a huge, you know, that's a huge red flag. And there's no someone have over 100% of the market cap. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You're leveraging against yourself. It's insanity. You're using other people's money to do it. It's insanity. And and that's what Sam Bankman-Fried is being pointed out at right now. We're going to show you a tweet from Ripple CTO criticizing Sam. He said, it's not exactly that I dislike him so much, but it seems basically that he had a license to print money and screwed it up, harming many innocent people in the process. And worse, he's been a key face of the crypto in DC. So him being dishonest will taint all of crypto because he represents a huge portion of how crypto regulation is being formed in Washington right now. NFT Tones, any quick comments on David Schwartz criticisms of Sam Bankman-Fried, and then we'll continue with our articles. 
He's a hundred percent right. I mean, what he just said is it is going to tank on what people think of crypto. I mean, a lot of people are going to be scared. A lot of people don't know about ledger wallets, cold wallets. So a lot of people are going to be now scared when they hear this news. And so now when people look at this market now too, because we're in more of a bloody streets, people are going to be like, holy shit, I want to stay away from this market. But I think when people actually start to understand this technology and start to realize that there's a lot more coming with this technology and there's safer ways to actually keep it, then I think people will actually understand. Exactly. And one of our listeners said, let's talk about wallets. Ledger Nano, my friends, that's all I got to say. But we got an update from Selman G here. Said there's a war out there. Almeida has apparently been shorting Tether. Jackie, I'd love to get some quick comments from you. Almeida, we just outlined the games they were playing with Bina- or sorry, FTX token. Now they're playing the same games here, shorting Tether. What's that mean to you, Jackie? Yeah, I've been hearing a lot of rumors about, um, you know, Tether's kind of the next one that people have their eyes on. This would be a really big uh, concern if tether depegs and things like that just because tethers you know one of the the long-term stable coins that have been trusted and been in the market i mean they've had their conflicts in the past people have talked and brought up, um, up about you know their balance sheets and things like that uh that seemed to be cleared uh for a while now um and they've gained a little more trust in the crypto space but this would definitely you know this would definitely be a big one for sure awesome um, and this is a pretty cool also, update oh sorry, sorry. no go ahead my apologies, Jack. I did not mean to cut you off. Please continue. Oh, no. I was just saying like that this, you know, this would be a big thing and this would be something to keep your eye on. But I mean, so far, I I can't even remember what I was saying, Apps. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> My fault, Jackie. Anyways, we got 340 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Self-awareness333 has accidentally come across our channel and appears they're happy with what they're seeing. So shout out to them. We're about to show you a criticism of Gary Gensler from a, a, a very renowned investor, Raul Paul here. We're going to let this short clip play and get comments from the group because this thing, it pretty much speaks for itself. Actual is Gary Gensler is he's been so busy saying, we will fight you when you do wrong. And he has not created a set of rules of which people i'm not sure the audio is coming in great there so i'll just outline what he says in that short clip mario and then we'll kick it to you he says that gary gensler has been spending so much time telling people to come in and meet with him and that he's open to creating regulation that he hasn't created any regulation he's only been telling people to come and work with him and nobody's open to the idea because often when crypto companies come and try to work with the sec they end up being sued in the aftermath and ripple is a great example of that so i'd love to get some comments from you mario what do you think about raul's criticisms of gary gensler stating he's doing everything he can but create regulation yeah i couldn't agree more i mean while we see the sec going after companies like ripple on the other side this whole thing's going on and i saw a funny image on twitter about like uh um you know that saying where you're ignoring the elephant in the room right so you have gary gensler in the middle he's pointing the finger at at ripple at little guy in the corner in the mean in 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 while on the other side you've got like everything that's been happening with the FTX and, uh, and that it's, it's resembled as a big elephant. So yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think, uh, I think the one thing that Gary's gonna, is going to use to his favor, uh, to his side on this is the fact that FTX global is, is the one that's been impacted. The FTX us, which has been complying to us regulation has been unaffected. So I think that that's the one thing he could probably use to say, Hey, look, regulation in, in the U S is, is good because FTX us is, is perfectly fine. But nonetheless, um, we know that this is happening. People, people are being pushed out of, out of the United States. 
And uh, for that reason, for the fact that regulation is just so obscure and 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 uh, inappropriate, in my opinion. Thank you, Mario. And we got 333 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We are bringing you an update from Representative Tom Emmer criticizing Gary Gensler. He's hopping on the train here. He said, it's interesting that Gary Gensler runs to the media while reports in my office are that he was allegedly helping Sam Bankman-Fried and FTX work on legal loopholes to, pr- to obtain regulatory monopoly. NFT Tones, give us a soundbite here. What does this mean to you, my friend? It's definitely interesting that there were, uh, yeah, definitely interesting they're working on legal loopholes to obtain a regulatory monopoly. I mean, it, it, it sounds interesting because it, it, it was what they were doing, and it's interesting because, like, nobody realized they or knew what they were doing, right? And, like, it's screwed up because, like, we realize, like, so what I'm trying to say here is, all this was to get more exchanges, right? And then what they were ending up with was a monopoly, right? And then all this was to get regulation out of it. So I think that really here, they were trying to monopolize as many firms as they can, right? Or exchanges. And then they were trying to then become, make it so that then they have to force all the regulation regulation around them so that then they can control like a majority of the regulation. Yes, great point, Tones. Jackie, I'd love to go to you for some closing comments, and then we'll roll into our next topic. What's on your mind, Jackie? Yeah, Tones nailed it on the head. That's exactly what Gary was doing while, you know, while John Deaton and, you know, our good friends over at Ripple were trying to meet with Gary Gensler. He was sitting there with Sam Bankman-Fried, you know, devising a plan on how they could centralize crypto. So this all, I mean, it all comes together that, you know, And the fact that, I mean, we were talking about politics last night in our team's chat. And, uh, you know, I mentioned the fact that Sam Bankman-Fried was the second largest donor to the 2020 election to the Democrats, not to bring politics into this, but it's all connected. And you, you can see it now that everything's starting to leak out. Exactly, Jackie. And I can actually pull up that list and break down his political donations. But first, I'm going to read this for our listeners. As FTX.com was an offshore exchange not regulated by the SEC, but the problem is that the SEC failed to create regulatory clarity here in the United States. So many American investors felt it was necessary to go overseas to take advantage of these opportunities. Now we're punishing U.S. companies for this, which makes absolutely no sense. Mario, we're kicking it right back to you. There are some rumors right now of Crypto.com reportedly shutting down certain accounts. And we're hearing some rumors about Kraken as well. What do you think about American investors being forced to go outside of the country to take advantage of many opportunities that are in crypto? Yeah, that's that's a very good point. And that definitely that's that's a problem. And that's a problem that the SEC doesn't realize or maybe they uh, they do. But, you know, they decide not to do anything about it. But, um, yeah, man, it, it's I don't think the rumors just to touch on that other part of the question. I don't think the rumors, you know, rumors are just rumors uh, when Celsius and and uh, Voyager thing happened. We started hearing rumors about a whole bunch of cryptocurrency uh, exchanges as well. So at this point, it's just rumors. I would still like, like I said at the beginning of the episode, don't don't take chances. Get your crypto off of the exchange. It's better for it to be in a wallet. It doesn't have to be a ledger, but have it in a wallet. At least it's not at the mercy of a centralized entity. Thank you, Mario. And we are showing the listeners right now a list of Sam Bankman-Fried's political donations to the American campaigns. He donated over thirty-nine point nine million dollars, and of that thirty-nine point nine million. 
37.7 went to the Democrats, 2 million went to the non-bipartisans, and 200,000 went to the Republicans. I'm sure that's just one candidate, Jackie, but I'd love to go back to you since you pointed this out. What does this mean to you that he had such a large political donations to one specific uh, campaign? When you're favoring a side, there's obviously, you know, you have some skin in the game for something, you know what I mean? So I was actually reading an article about this a couple of days ago and they broke it down into a ratio. I think it said it was one to one. 137 or something like that which like yeah. really puts things in perspective of how sad that is but yeah there's i mean you know it's all in the books numbers don't lie friends and this it's even more interesting when you talk about how there are rumors that gary Gensler was working with sam bankman fried on creating legal loopholes when it comes to regulation mario i'd love for you to just take the floor for a minute while i pull up our next article we got 357 live listeners joining us show us some love smash that like button thank you for being here i hope we're providing value with that being said mario floor is yours my friend yeah it's, it's crazy like i said like we were talking about before like whatever's happening right now it's humongous um I don't think we've seen the last of it personally. Just, uh, you know, we'll see the next few weeks will tell. It's certainly going to be uh, the next few weeks are certainly going to be very decisive for crypto and the direction that we're going to go. It's not good that they've painted this picture. You know, we got Ripple on one side trying to clear the name. And again, I'm not just saying Ripple is the only one doing this, but, you know, they're advertising. They're saying crypto means business. While on the other side, we've got these uh, bad players with FTX completely ruining the name for crypto. And unfortunately, the bad negatives almost always tend to obey the positives, uh, outweigh the positives. People tend to focus more on the negatives than they do on the positives. So in people's minds, it's not going to be crypto is business. No, in people's minds, it's going to be crypto is a scam and you're going to lose your money. So that's just unfortunately that that's happening right now. Hopefully we can provide the value every single day to explain why that is not the case and how crypto is not a scam because there's hard evidence. And it's one of those things. I saw a video from Alex Cobb yesterday breaking down how frustrating it can be sometimes to know all the information we do about this space. Then you check the price charts and we've been in a bear market for the last 12 months. But let's dive into some details of the XRP case here. I want to show our listeners this video of John Deaton breaking down exactly what's going on with Ripple and also how the library case, well, it may affect what's going on with the SEC. Here we go. The other thing that people need to realize is that the library attorney he did not contest the first two prongs of the Howie test. Howie has three prongs. And the third prong is a two-part test uh, or two-prong uh, element prong. And library's attorney, mistakenly in my opinion, he didn't contest the first factor, which is an investment, and he didn't contest a common enterprise. And in the Ripple case, Ripple and XRP holders are all contesting. We're contesting every single factor. And the common enterprise is the weakest that the SEC has. And so I know a lot of people are out there on crypto Twitter. There's even lawyers out there saying, oh, this is a death blow to crypto. It's one freaking judge in New Hampshire. And Judge Torres, who is the judge in the Ripple case, she doesn't have to even read this opinion. All right. And she could rip it up. She could read it. She could say, oh, he makes a good point here. She could read it and say, this guy makes no sense whatsoever. I'm not even going to finish reading it. That's what it had. That's the kind of impact that it may or may not have. And so people need to realize that. But comparing the, the library case to the Ripple case, if you do that and you're an XRP holder, you'll get worried. And I'm telling you not to be worried because... It's, it's apples to oranges. It really is. 
Mario, perfect. He said it. Couldn't have said it better myself. He talks about how people were comparing the library case to what's going on with Ripple today, but there are several fundamental differences that John Deaton outlined there. The one that was most important to me was the three prongs of the Howey test. The library only attacked one of those prongs, Ripple. Ripple's going after all three, and the two that they're going after that library decided not to are much stronger than a fair notice defense. I'd love to get some comments from you, Mario, and then we'll continue with the show. Yeah, big shout out to John Deaton. I mean, he's been doing a phenomenal job representing all of us, representing all the XRP holders. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be more, we couldn't have a better person to represent us, in my opinion. And uh, yeah, again, a shout out to Jeremy Hogan as well. Like uh, every time that we get some kind of update as far as the SEC case, I always refer to uh, to John Deaton and Jeremy Hogan for, for their opinions because, you know, they're the experts. So yeah, I, I think that obviously it's not a good example. Uh, the fact that this just happened with library is not a good example, considering Ripple is trying to fight the same thing with the SEC. But, you know, like you said, apples to oranges, different different judge, different circumstances. Ripple is a totally different company with totally different uh, capabilities. You know, their their lawyers are, are obviously much better than, than library. We know that for sure. We've They've got past experience of working for the SEC even. So, yeah, I'm, I'm still optimistic. I still think that everything that's been happening recently – almost feels good to be too good to be true at some point <laughs> in my mind but uh but yeah i'm still optimistic i think that this is being used as a hopefully a good precedent and a good example for the crypto space going forward and it, hopefully it's it creates a new set of regulations for cryptocurrency as well Thank you, Mario. And this is a great tweet I want to read for our listeners before we kick it to Jackie here. The XRPL was completely functional before Ripple sold a singer XRP. Library was decided on the fact that its network coin had no use cases and had to be built on the funds that they used to raise from this supposed security. XRP has way too many use cases to just be considered a content platform. And that's just another major difference in this case alone. But Jackie, I'd love to kick it to you. What does it mean that John Deaton said these cases, well, they're not similar at all? Yeah, and that's the thing we have to remember in times like these uh, is utility. You know, a lot of people kind of freak out when price action happens, when big news comes out, media articles are flooding every every space, no cranny corner, whatever. Um, and, and you have to think back to utility and you have to think back to technology and where the future is going. Every time I do that, like kind of have a macro perspective on things, that's, that really helps me. You know, it helps me kind of calm my emotion and it helps me remember you know what what i'm invested in and what i'm holding on to because that is the big difference here um you have to just go on to xrp you know go on to ripple's website and look at the things that they're doing and you'll be calmed down like it it helps so much to see that they're continuing their development um and and like 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 he said, you know, library isn't as far developed as ripple is um they you know they don't have utility for their for their coin they don't have the same utility in, in any close race that XRP does. So those things will just help you keep a peace of mind. And if you're still struggling, come join us at 3T County. <laughs> 100% Jackie. And I do want to remind our listeners that this week, or I believe maybe it's next week, Ripple is hosting the Swell Banking Conference. And at that conference alone, we've got Bank of America, MasterCard, and Amazon Web Services all giving individual speeches to bankers. We got 365 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. I got to pull up our next article in the background, and it's taking me a second to find. So, Mario, I got to kick it to you again while I pull up this next article. <laughs> you caught me off guard, man. I don't even know what to say. <laughs> but, but yeah, it's look, we're, we're, we're witnessing history. That's the exciting part about all of this. Like Anybody that's in crypto right now, I know that it sucks to see your portfolio go down. It sucks to, to know that you know, this such exciting space that anybody that researches and understands the technologies and, and the potential 
you know, it it sucks to, to know that this is happening at the moment. But nonetheless, like you have to stay optimistic, uh, keep investing right now more than ever. We're going to be able to see the good projects versus the bad projects because this that's what these kind of events do. They they make the good ones stand out. They get rid of the bad ones. So, uh, yeah, one thing, that was enough time. To, one thing to pay attention to, too, is uh, I saw in the chat, they're talking about the World Cup coming up. I bet you anything there's still going to be, you know, crypto uh, companies that are going to be sponsoring that. Algorand's supposed to be sponsoring that. I mean, you will see stuff about cryptocurrency and it'll it's in 10 days. It'll be like nothing had happened. And that's the way it happens, but you, you know. You know what I want to add to that, Jackie, is that, you know, the fact whatever cryptocurrency companies and we've got an, the best example now with FTX, don't focus on the companies that are sponsoring X, Y and Z, because that could totally mean nothing. Right. So I think research and focusing on the ones that are actually providing utility, that's and I know Algor Algorand doesn't fall in the same category as the FTX. Don't get me wrong. But I think that more than ever, we saw that there was a lot of hype. There was a lot of money being made over the last couple of years. So, you know, there was money to spend on all this uh, extravaganza of advertising, you know, billion, millions of dollars. Um, but, yeah, that's what I wanted to add as far as that. Thank it you, Mario. And that wasn't enough time for me to pull up our next tweet because we got an update from Flare Network this week. And I wish Johnny was here to address this. So I'll be sure to bring this up tomorrow as well. Flare's mission is to enable people to use a software or hardware wallet to do whatever they want with whatever token they have on a decentralized blockchain. If people could actually do this today and did so, we wouldn't be in the mess that we're dealing with with the collapse of the markets. Jackie, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. What do you think about what Flair's trying to accomplish here? And how do you feel about all this DeFi potential coming to the network? Yeah, it's just continued progression. You know, I mean, this happens. Market cycles happen, um, but development continues. So I, it, these are the types of things that I'm talking about, you know, looking, looking towards projects, just like Mario was saying, that are continuing their development, you know, despite all the storms, like they're not going under, they have smart people in leadership. Um, so Flare, Ripple, all of these things, you know, all of these companies are really, really the ones that catch my eye. NFT Jones, I know you had some quick comments here. The floor is yours, my friend. How do you feel about this Flare Network update? I think that this is going to be huge, especially if they manage to get this to work, then I feel like that this will really allow people to actually protect themselves because then they'll have a software or a wallet to actually keep money so that then they don't have to worry about this kind of thing. So I think that if Flair can really get this off the floor and really get this working, I think that this will be perf uh, really interesting. Thank you, Tones. And we have an update for our listeners now. Somebody asked, do you have an update on XLM and Fedwire? Well, we're presenting that right now. As the Fedwire put out a report earlier describing the use cases for on-demand liquidity. And after reading through this report, there are some eerily similar similarities between what XLM is trying to accomplish and how they describe themselves with the product that uh, the Fedwire is creating here. Jack, I'd love to go to you. This is not definitive proof for anything. We're drawing our own conspiracies here. It seems that the Fedwire service is a real-time gross settlement system, and each transaction is processed individually upon the receipt via a highly secure electronic network. And these are some of the uh, same verbatim that Stellar uses on their website. I apologize for stuttering so much, but Jackie, I'm going to kick it to you. What do you think about this news? Abs, that was way too much stuttering. I can't comment. I don't know what you said. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, I, 
Yeah, we are strong believers in XLM at the 3T Warrior Academy. We have been, you know, since since we have been strong believers of XRP just because of their technology, just because of what they do as far as utility. Um, they do have, you know, kind of a similar aspect when it comes to utility. Uh, but, you know, this is another thing that brings forth the utility that they're actually being used in today's time. And that's our biggest, you know, one of our biggest advocates of XLM in our academy is Jeremy. He's our CFO. Um, so between JV and Jeremy, uh, XRP and XLM, you know, I'm pretty comfortable, you know, having confidence in those two. And I love seeing, I love seeing the utility actually being talked about and displayed, you know, in, in current time. So even though I stuttered, Jackie was able to give a great response. So thank you for that, Jackie. And I want to read a comment from our live chat right now. As Reaper Financial has just filed an amicus brief in support of Ripple against the SEC, the RPR token has pretty bu been, been bullish over the past eight months, and they're going to be paying off debt to their holders very soon. I'm going to be breaking down the details in the next couple of minutes about this amicus brief that was filed in support of Ripple. But Mario, I'd love to get some thoughts from you. How do you feel about a 14th business entity filing against the SEC stating that Ripple and XRP are not a, not a security. Yeah, this is exactly why I'm still optimistic because I'm seeing all the support that they're finally getting. And hopefully that's something that, you know, the judge is going to take into consideration and and uh, uh, not rule in favor of the SEC. Um, you know, not, not too much to add. I'm really excited to see what, what comes out of the case though. Like it feels like we're getting closer and closer and the closer we get, the more excited I get to find out the end result. Thank you, Mario. And check out this update right here. As it said, this blockchain company issued their token RPR on the XRPL ledger, and it burns the coins of other companies on the crypto market. Repo Financial is an emitter of the RPR token, and that's based on the XRPL. Just going to show you that this security clearly has use cases. NFT Tones, love to get some thoughts from you. How do you feel about a 14th amicus brief being filed in support of Ripple? Yeah, this is very interesting and very exciting. I think that this is Huge news that another amicus is being uh, supported and that, or whatever you want to call it. And I think that it's really important to note that there could be even more of these coming up because like, as we continue to go on, more and more of these keep coming out and it just goes to build the XRP case bigger and bigger and bigger. And it shows to you why XRP will probably win this case. That's a great point, my friend. And we're going to show our last article for today as there is a report out of the Bank of Korea that shared their results on their central bank digital currency development and simulation. They were testing these performances on the Ethereum blockchain network. And what they found out is that Ethereum is not efficient enough to launch a central bank digital currency, Mario. This is great news for all the ISO compliant token holders off there because we know there's better products than Ethereum that exist today. So what does it mean to you that the central bank of Korea is acknowledging Ethereum doesn't have the best technology? Yeah, I, I also I agree with that. I also don't think Ethereum in its current form has the capability to fulfill, you know, CBDCs. There are definitely way better options out there. Um, I do want to say that because of the way that Ethereum has this big lead and all the backing that it does, I wouldn't be surprised if eventually after many upgrades it could still do. But, you know, all the clues are pointing towards other players taking a share of this market, you know, Quant and, and uh, um, XRP. Uh, HBAR, Hedera. I think those are obviously the more obvious choices when it comes to CBDCs. But, you know, Ethereum's got the big backing. They've got the big the big green light. So if they can get their network in order, which is going to take some time, maybe who knows. But there's definitely better players in the space.
Thank you. And NFT Tones, I'd like to get your thoughts on this last article here. As MasterCard CEO says he's optimistic on global crypto adoption and partnership with Coinbase. So long story short, talks about how the bear market is a time for building and many of the largest players in the planet are building on crypto exchanges and crypto projects as individually. I'd love to get some thoughts from you here. MasterCard CEO is bullish on adoption. What are you thinking, NFT Towns? Yo, I just want to say this man might be a little smart because he said something smart. He said the best time to build is when the market is bleeding. And guess what? It is the best time to build because everybody's scared and everybody now is looking for partnerships. And this is going to, I feel like, really push crypto adoption. The more our credit card companies make it easier to get involved with crypto, the easier it is to actually get involved in this stuff. And I think it'll really cause massive adoption. I Right now, it's still very difficult to buy crypto. And it, it it's a shame because like everybody, a lot of my friends who want to get involved always tell me it's a pain in the ass. I can't use a credit card. I need a debit card, yada, yada. I think eventually a lot of this is going to be solved as more partnerships and stuff come out. I think it'll be really interesting. Beautiful statement in there, Tones, because he says the exact same thing. He says there's problems to solve in this market because the payment system isn't efficient or it's where we want to be. There are a couple hurdles we need to get over, which is regulatory compliance, scalable technology, and making sure there's a predictable user experience when purchasing cryptocurrencies and NFTs. We got 356 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for joining us on this Thursday. We're signing out of here. and We'll see you guys in 23 hours. 354 live listeners. Smash that like button. Like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Love you guys. See you later.